0: You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest rose to fame is Gypsy Nash on Australia's favourite soapy home and away. She also won a Logie Award for the most popular new talent during her time on the show. Please welcome to the show, Kimberly Cooper. Hi, Kimberly.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Ah, thank you for coming on. How's things in LA in lockdown?
1: It's quiet. That's what it is, mostly. Know, right? It's just... I mean, you've never seen L.A. without traffic before and you can actually walk on the streets and people are riding bikes. It's It's amazing.
0: It is, isn't it? Funny enough, I went for a walk the other day and I noticed that um, there are so many birds around. Like, were, it was literally, I felt like Cinderella in that scene where little birds come down and create a dress. <laughs>
1: bluebirds are dressing <laughs> you every morning
0: now. I, I, yeah, they I have been. Can you tell?
1: <laughs> yeah, bluebirds are coming in with a tank top and gently placing it upon your body.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, I know you started acting as a young age from the tw- at the Twelfth Night Theatre group yes. for children. How did you get into that?
1: Um, I was in a ballet class with my ballet teacher i think she was my ballet teacher i can't remember miss lynn and miss lynn worked with uh the 12 night theater group doing children's theater and she just approached me and said would you be interested in doing this and i'd never done that before (gasps) sorry my dogs are barking in the background um I'd, i'd never thought about doing it before because i was always training to be for the Royal Australian Ballet that was my dream and then I got on stage and started doing children's theater and immediately went this is where I want to be this is this is what wow. I want to be doing I want to, I want to start acting so that's because I, I know I'm
0: that going. you were a very good dancer like you'd won awards for tap jazz classical
1: yeah that's, that's basically also, what you wanted to do I was also um can you hear the squeaking
0: yeah <laughs> okay. they do want, want, want to get in on the act
1: they really that's, do. That's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, I um, don't
0: mind. I
1: have um, my big
0: baloof out the door as I was telling you before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're the only things that keep us sane in lockdown exactly. is the dogs. Um yeah, I, I was also uh at the age of ten, I got to go to the Sydney Ballet Company um uh DSTC and um actually do a summer school there and I was the youngest person there my primary school principal put me up for that and said, you know, you're not normally a person that would be eligible for this But because I was a couple of years above what I was meant to be when it came to ballet I was a couple of grades above um, They they accepted me and I got to go and do that and that's That was an incredible experience, but I was around I was 10 and I was around girls that were 13 and I really felt 10 years old when I did that because of some of the, oh no, I wasn't 10. Hold on. I was younger than that. I was nine. When I did that. Oh, I just realized that. Yeah. Do
0: you Um, miss dance?
1: Oh, every day. Yes, absolutely. But I, I completely buggered both my ankles. I mean, even right now one of my ankles is swollen because I slightly rolled it the other day and, You know, I'm kind of also thankful for lockdown right now because I can't put on a pair of heels and I'm not going out in flat shoes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Funny enough, I did dance myself and um, I used to do jazz and classical. And Mm. it is funny how, you know, I, I mean, I gave it all up when I was probably about 17, 18. Yeah. And it's funny how my body now still pays for it. Like, I'm the same. I roll my ankles really easily. Really bad knees, really bad yeah. hips. And it's like yeah. oh, I don't know if it really was the best thing to be doing.
1: <laughs> I know, but at the time, it's just perfection.
0: Oh, isn't it just? Yeah. So you grew up in Sydney, is that correct? I
1: grew up. I grew up in Sydney up until the age of ten, and then I moved to Brisbane. My mother uh, met a wonderful man who is now my stepfather, and he um, had three kids, and it was easier to move one kid than yeah. it was to move three. Little did he realise that moving me meant my grandparents would then move from Sydney <laughs> and so did my great-grandparents oh all my moved God. to Brisbane. So rather that. than a family four moving to Sydney, there was, it was meant to be a family too and six of us went.
0: That is brilliant. I love Brisbane and Sydney though. I really do. I do too. Because my family are also in Brisbane and I, of course, lived in Sydney all my adult life. And now I'm in Adelaide. And
1: boy, now you're in Radelaide.
0: Adelaide, body of the barrels,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's, you know what, I actually say that to people because people always say to me, you know, why are you in Adelaide? Like, do you love it? What did you know about And I go, I actually knew nothing about Adelaide. It's, it's a state that was just a mystery to me. I probably knew more about Western Australia than I did about South Australia. And before right. I moved, the only thing I knew of the place was the body in the barrels mystery. And that was it. Like yeah, that's all I knew. So when I came here, I was expecting a really big, you know, cosmopolitan city, and
1: I didn't. And find not that. so much. I was, <laughs> I was there not that long ago. Oh, actually, it'd be a few years ago. Um, before Esther Anderson's wedding, our other best friend and Suya, Nathan, she got married to uh, a person that has been my best friend since I moved to LA, and they met through me on my birthday, and they now are married and have a kid. But they got wow. married in and that was. I hadn't really spent any time in Adelaide and I spent, I think about four or five days there and it's absolutely stunning. And um, meat pies there are really good. And that's how I judge a city in Sydney, in, in Australia. Is it's
0: true. Yeah.
1: How are the meat pies? I are mean, they? you
0: know, it really does have its benefits. The, the food, the wine, you know, mm. the, the natural sort of beauty here is amazing. Um, oh yeah! Especially when you go up into the hills, up into Stirling and stuff like that, it's it's almost like a a fairy tale land. It's absolutely beautiful up there.
1: Oh, excellent! Well, that's where you will take me.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, Brilliant. how did you get your part on Home and Away?
1: Um, I was seventeen years old. I was finishing school. Um, I was looking to go to colleges and uh, things like that. I was applying to NIDA and Whopper, and there was a television school that was really not known yet. And um, I believe that it's bigger now. um, Actors, AACTA, I think it was called. It was run by John Orchick. And uh, I went in for a workshop and we got up, each of us got up and got to do, A couple of little things and at the end of that workshop John Orchick asked me to stay behind and he said I think that you need to audition for this part on um, Home and Away Uh, that has just come up that I that I know about and um, that's it I I went in for an audition because of John Orchick and... Is is that John
0: that used to be on um, that police show? What was that called?
1: Yes! Yeah. I
0: had the I had the biggest hots for that man. You did. Oh, um, he was my first ever crush.
1: See, I only know him from oh, this he time. Was
0: so beautiful, when it was he, he good. Well, oh, yeah. Anyway, mm. <laughs> let's not get into that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they auditioned all over the country for Gypsy, um, and uh, at the time, her the character of Gypsy, was named uh, Hope. And then they oh. changed it to Gypsy. Um, and yeah, so I went I went in for the audition. Then I got a call back and I did the audition in Brisbane, obviously, because that's where I was living at the time. And I ended up going to uh, Sydney for the call back. Um, that's when they changed the name to Gypsy. And I remember saying in the audition, who would name their child Gypsy? <laughs> and the head by the way, I would. <laughs>
0: Uh. And I went, oh,
1: okay, great. Should I leave right now? That, it's, been, it's been lovely meeting you all. Um, and uh, I had to be in Sydney for most of the day because uh, it, I, I was the only callback from interstate. And so they kept me there for the entire day, putting me with a whole bunch of different people. And there was a few girls that came in to also audition, do a callback for Gypsy as well. Um, and I remember looking at them going, yeah, I look nothing like you guys. They they looked more like Esther Anderson. That's ah. I've always wanted to be able to describe them, and that's how they look. They looked like <laughs> Esther and yeah. I look like me, um, which is not looking like Esther. Um, Just as so, beautiful
0: though.
1: She's the most stunning person that I think any of us have seen in real life. Um, which is irritating, but the good thing is she can't sing. Um, so
0: <laughs> <Or dance.
1: laughs> I always have that. I always want to have something. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, then I, I, I auditioned all day and the guy that played Will, Zach Drayson, actually auditioned to be my brother. And the guy that ended up playing my brother, Graham Squires, actually auditioned to be Will and they swapped them. And that was... And, and uh, the de- I, I got the part... I found out about the part on the day where I failed high school.
0: Oh. Uh. Wow! So,
1: I was up doing. I was doing my final legal studies exam because uh, every exam in Queensland in Year Eleven and Twelve goes towards your final grade. And this this uh, final grade for legal studies was going to be whether I pass or fail high school. And my legal studies teacher didn't really like me a whole lot, and she took great appreciation in, in putting a great. <laughs> failing mark on my paper and I sat there going okay I don't know what I'm gonna do and I remember a a person in front of me turned around and went so what is it that you're gonna do now and I went I don't know I think I have to repeat and there was a knock at the door and somebody went Kim your mum's at the office and I went oh this couldn't go better right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what has happened And so as I'm walking up to the office, I pass my drama teacher on the way and she says, have you heard anything back from home and away? And I went, no, it's been two weeks. There's no way I have it. They would have gotten back to me earlier than this. I get to the office. My mother is standing there with 12 long stem roses and a single tear running down her face saying congratulations. And I went, oh my God, I just failed you 12. She went, who cares? You've got a job.
0: Oh my God. That's amazing. That would have been the best feeling.
1: It it was, it was a movie moment. It's bizarre describing it back. It feels like I'm writing the script for it. That is literally how it happened.
0: Wow. So did you have to then move yourself or did your your family go with you?
1: Well, my grandmother came with me because my mother already had, uh, my mother and my stepfather already had plans to be in America. They had tickets bought and everything was done. They were going overseas during the time that I had to move to Sydney. What was was the
0: initial um, sort of contract? Was was it only just sort of a day or two?
1: No, it was a three-year contract.
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was a three-year contract. It was me and a new family. So I had a, a brother, a mother and a father that all moved in from Hong Kong. And we had an uncle that was already living in Summer Bay, played by Nick Testoni. He was Uncle Travis. And Belinda Emmett played Rebecca. She was my aunt. Um, and so was that first
0: we, scene when you guys Because I was watching episodes just recently Was that yeah. when you guys Your first scene, was that when you guys arrived in the house And the mother opened yes. up the curtains and?
1: Well the first scene is actually The week before we were the right. teaser For the next week And we pull up in the car And um, they they're speaking in the front seat this looks nice blah blah, blah and the brother gets out the car going yeah this will do and i roll down the window and go oh we're living here <laughs>
0: <laughs> now your brother on the show yes he was really uh, i recognized his face was he on the show he was a model longer?
1: he oh, was model. A, he, yeah, yeah he was a model for quite a bit
0: yeah because i really recognized his face and I also, I also said to my husband um, when we were watching, and I said, "Imagine that your first scene." And I said, and "You've got a cold sore.
1: Oh no! <laughs> he had a blood lip. He'd been oh, surfing was and he smacked himself in the face with oh. his surfboard.
0: <laughs> see, see, I'm a makeup artist. It's just the th- these are the things I know. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs>
0: so, did you have a favorite cast member?
1: No. No, didn't. Um, I've I, I've made incredible friends throughout my time. That pick one would be hard. Uh, people that stand out to me, though, absolutely Kate Ritchie. Her and I um, ended up becoming the best of mates. She is a genius person, and there was times when I was doing scenes with her that I would forget my line because I was so busy watching her. Because she, the woman, is just a brilliant actress. Yeah. Um, Lynn McGranger is just giving and loving and wonderful ray ma um, would have every person's back on that set like nobody's business um obviously everybody that played in my family the guy that played my boyfriend then husband zach drayson him and i his family took me in because they lived in sydney and would constantly say you're coming over for dinner and then they'd have a bed set up in the lounge room for me mm. and it was kim's bed and, and i would stay there lots of nights and they were just incredible people. Brie Desbra, who played Justine, she, she's still an incredible mate. She, um, when she was first uh, told me that she was pregnant, we were talking about, uh, we were at a pub and she ordered an orange juice and I went, Jesus, you're pregnant. And she went, yes. <laughs> and, um, and we were talking about names and I said, oh God, I just love the names Oscar and Oliver. And her son ended up being called Oliver. She went, I don't know where I got them from. And I went, me. <laughs>
0: Funny um, enough, I was lucky um, that Esther actually took me to one of the wrap parties for Home and Away one year, yeah. and I I really get the sense of what you you mean. It was it was a true sense of family. I mean, yeah, you could tell the relationships you know were there, and you know it was it was genuine. Yeah, love I mean for Betty
1: Steele I still speak to. There's a bunch of people I still speak to. That there is no one person that I would pick and go, that's it. I mean. When I went back in 2010, I've got Esther Anderson out of that, but I got a bunch of other people as well. I got Samara Weaving and I got um, David Jones Roberts and all these great human beings that you become really a part of a family there and so there's no one single person that you can pick out. If you
0: like your beauty products to stand out, look a little different and smell amazing, then I'm pretty sure you should check out Sugar Monster. Brand new and completely Adelaide-based, Sugar Monster scrubs are natural body products with a quirky style to them. You'll have to
1: see to know why.
0: All completely handmade, vegan and cruelty-free, with skin-loving ingredients that your body will love. Plus, they smell good enough to eat. But don't actually do that. Check out the range at sugarmonster.com.au and support local business. So when you left in 2019, what was the feeling like?
1: That was the first time I left?
0: Well, no, Well, did you know? Because you wouldn't have assumed that you were coming back, would you?
1: No, no. That was 2001.
0: Oh, so 2001. Um, and then 2019 was the second time.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so was it 2000 or 2001? I can't remember. I think I was off air in 2001. I think I left in 2000. No, I can't remember. Um, it uh, The first time that I left, it was bittersweet I was ready for a break because it is extremely long days and with a very popular Mm. character there is a lot of storylines um so I was ready for a break but not going into work every day felt really uncomfortable Mm. I had I think the best send-off out of anybody ever because my last scene they rigged it so the last scene that we shot was actually my bachelorette party (laughs) where there was a stripper and nobody called cut.
0: I love it. <laughs> so
1: I was on set drinking champagne with all these ladies that I love desperately and a crew losing their mind laughing, trying to be really quiet as a guy stripped on the stage of Home and Away. It that was brilliant. the best send off anybody's ever had.
0: That is so cool. I had a stripper at my um, Bucks night actually. You did? Yeah, I had two. I actually had two. (laughs) So what happened was it was so funny because I'd always said that I wanted one. Like I was like, my buck's not, I'm going all out. Like I want strippers. I don't care. I want strippers. And everyone's like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm deadly serious. Like that's what I want. Um, And funny enough, they'd organised it. And one of the strippers was our barman for the night. Right. I just thought, as I, as I turned up and, uh, you know, I sort of got there and was getting the first drinks, and I thought, this guy's a terrible barman. <laughs> terrible. He's got no idea what he's doing. Little did I know that he was then going to be turning into the fireman stripper in about half an hour's time. It was really? such a great night. I loved it. Now, with with your um, leaving of Home and Away, was that? initially because you had other things to do or was it you just needed a break? Because the one thing I do know and what I, I think a lot of people don't understand about when you are doing a show like this, um, especially Home and Away because of where it's filmed and stuff, some, some days you're getting up and having to be on set by 5.30 in the morning. You're then not breaking and, and finishing until 7.30 at night. 8.30 at night.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's long, <laughs> long hours.
1: Yeah. No, I had nothing lined up. I had no idea what was coming next. I just needed to stop working for a while. I, yeah. I went straight out of high school, which obviously isn't work, but felt like it at the time, into this job that I did for five years. And it wasn't just the work of Home and Away, it's the outside publicity stuff that you have mm. to do as well so your weekends are taken up whether it be a paid gig which were great to go to nightclubs and sign your name and then have a few drinks and get to know people and that was really fun but i was doing five of those a week yeah. they own a weekend i would be flying to two different places every weekend um or you know if you have something that home and away home and away has obligated you to do whether it be during the week or not with the photo shoots and the interviews and the, the it it was it was great to install a work ethic in me that no other place could have, but home mm-hmm. and away. Um, however, uh, five years of that, I needed a break because yeah, a exhausting. I was so lucky to have a character that was so popular for an extremely long time um, that I was constantly doing things. It just, mm-hmm. it never stopped. I didn't yeah. get, I didn't get any downtime as other characters do get to have, in longevity, that their storylines kind of get to be just pitted out in the background and then they come back in and then yeah, pitted out yeah. in the background. I was full on for a good four and a half of those five years.
0: Yeah, you would have literally been living your life as Gypsy.
1: <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> now, I also know that you were in Celebrity Big Brother.
1: That I was.
0: Tell us more about that. I've got a, I've got a little story for you, actually. Did you know but wow. I got down to the last 50 of one of the big brothers. I really? auditioned. Yeah, I auditioned. It was, it was many years ago and I was down to the last 50 and waiting for the callback. And all of a sudden I finally actually thought to myself about the situation and I was like, what am I doing And I started having almost a panic attack thinking, do I really want my life on TV and and to get all this social media abuse and blah, 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 blah. And so I ended up calling them and going, I can't do it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your experience.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Yours would have been a little bit different.
1: Yeah. I was back and forth about Celebrity Big Brother for a while. I was talking to a lot of friends and a lot of people who I looked up to in the industry and getting a lot of yeses and a lot of noes, or a lot of i think you should do it because you would be funny on it but i would never do it or yeah, yeah. i don't think that would be a good idea for you or I get yes go and do it what an experience and then it came down to um i said no actually a bunch of times and they came back to me a bunch of times going please look this is the way we're going to do it you at the time i smoked cigarettes and there was a little partition where you could smoke and there was uh you know there was always beers around and we'll never show you shit faced. we promised that and la 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 la, la. um it, but it ended up coming down to the fact that when i was in high school there was this kid who i was friends with his name was matt and he had leukemia and eventually died but before he did he mm. said to me one day you will be famous and kim all i ask is you do one of two things Quit smoking or do anything that you can to raise money for the Leukemia Foundation. Well, I hadn't quit smoking and I remembered that. And so, therefore, that's why I did it. That's so, brilliant. I got in there and uh, my foundation was the Leukemia Foundation.
0: Who else were who? What were other celebrities in the house?
1: Carl Sandler's.
0: Oh, I remember, yes. Because I know I, we were- I watched it. I know I watched it. I just, I'm 51 and have got no memory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> got nothing to do with the cocktails that we've had throughout the years nothing um uh kyle and kyle and i were mates beforehand i actually used to do uh, when jackie was doing um Thorpe's angels i would go oh, in and yeah. post with kyle on a friday night for the radio um dylan lewis who was on oh, recovery love, yeah yeah oh my god a man that could pick up any instrument at any time and just know how to play it. He crazy. He's a genius. Uh Sarah Marie. Oh
0: yeah who's... yeah that's right because she went back in, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, her and I were actually great friends before that, too. I remember we were all meant to really keep away from each other beforehand. And uh, the producers were coming around to each person's hotel to give us a rundown of what's going to happen the next day. And he walked into my hotel room and Sarah Marie's sitting there. You guys aren't meant to. And I went, look, Carl just texted me. (laughs) Um, I ruin everything. Um, Oh, who was the drag queen that we had in there? I can't remember her name
0: not Carlotta
1: no but... it wasn't it wasn't um she was she wasn't a drag queen I knew I don't think she wasn't from Sydney so uh, mm. I can't remember who that was oh that's painful um Anthony Mundine he oh, was I in there that, yeah um, <laughs> he went he actually went to my primary school in Sydney so we chatted about that Wow, that was interesting um um who else? I feel like there was other people and I can't remember. Yeah. It was Wow.
0: Good bunch though. What a great bunch
1: of people. Great bunch.
0: Now you were also in New York City for the Australian production of The Boys.
1: Yes. Tell I us was. about that. Okay, so an Australian theatre company called the Outhouse Theatre Company, which is now based in Newtown because uh the heads of that moved. Um they wanted to do a production of The Boys. Oh, who wrote The Boys? Now I've forgotten. Um, Robert something? Oh, God, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm having your moment right now because I turned 40 <laughs> on the weekend. Fantastic. I know. He is a playwright. He came over and saw our production of The Boys and said to us the greatest compliment you could hear of all time. I now want to write another play and haven't written one since The Boys because so many people took this play and did it wrong and you guys have done it right. But uh, he, um, that we, we, we did it in the 99 seat theater in New York, just around the corner from How where amazing. I used to live. I would walk down the street. I would walk down third, go um, past second Avenue, third Avenue, and then turn left, turn right. And then I was at my theater, which had a pub across the road. And my oh. parents actually came for opening night, which was the sweetest thing. Oh, and amazing. when um, when my father, my stepfather, my call him my father, he's just my father. Um, yeah. My father was waiting across the road at the pub with open arms for me going, going, that was just brilliant. I loved every second. And I went, oh, good. If you want to come and see it again. And he went, I will never watch you put yourself <laughs> through that again. I, I was almost <laughs> going to get on the stage and punch somebody in the face. Because <laughs> it's a brutal play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How amazing, though. I'm, I'm obsessed with New York. I'm absolutely mm. obsessed with New York. So
1: I want to retire in New York.
0: Oh, I just want to, yeah, I really want to live there so badly. Yeah. I always have. So what are you doing now in LA?
1: Um, so recently I did the Short and Sweet Festival that yep. Nick Hardcastle, formerly of Home and Away, there's another one. <laughs> um, he is the director of the Short and Sweet Festival uh, Hollywood. And he put me in touch with a person that I have had on a pedestal since I was 10 years old. His name is Ken Levine. He was the head writer of MASH, my favorite show of all time. Oh my God. And also he wrote Cheers and also Frasier and he's, he's written everything that's, he has many, many Emmys. He wrote a play and, um, Nick said to me, you're directing this. And I'd had a few cocktails over at Esther's place and just answered the phone and went, what? And he went, you're going to direct this. And I went, sure. Woke up the next day and went, (laughs) I said yes to what? No, I've never directed before. (laughs) And to direct a play of a person who you just idolize was then, I, I, I was so... Extremely scared. And I went out to lunch with him and he went, So tell me about the plays you've directed. So I haven't directed any. And the look on his face, he was about to walk out, I swear. (laughs) Um and so we chatted about it a little bit, and then I sat there for 50 minutes and made him tell me everything about Mash. And then um a few weeks later he asked if he could come and see a rehearsal. And I went, Sure, we're only rehearsing in my apartment, but please come along. And uh he watched he watched the rehearsal go on. And then the actors left. And when he was about to leave, he got up and he hugged me and went, this is what you're meant to be doing. You should be a director. And I went, what? And he went, nobody's ever gotten my comedy the way that you've gotten it and walked out. I felt like, yeah, I've kind of studied it for 30 years. (laughs) Um, So it's an excellent compliment, but also, yeah, I knew your comedy for a very long time. Um, So him and I have become really good friends and he's asked me to do, uh, direct another play. Uh, as soon as we're out of lockdown, I'll be doing oh, that. Um, I do have some things. Let's be the wanker talk. I have some things I can't <laughs> talk about.
0: Yes. Um, and we know about that and it's very exciting.
1: Yes, shush shit you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also... Well, I don't know
0: exactly what it is, but I know that it's very exciting.
1: Yes. I've been, I've been writing a lot with a production company as well. I've actually just finished doing a thing for them today that they're going to try and go out and sell for... Um, quarantine tv type thing uh i've written a couple of movies for them as well which they're um off trying to sell that's been really fun learning how to write that's what i've been doing for the last four years is learning how to write and um it is a skill
0: it's a real skill
1: i found that I, i find that it's now also something that Um, Not that my mother isn't proud of everything that I've done, but this is the thing that she's most proud of because the only thing she's ever wanted me to be is a stand-up comic. (laughs) And I have no, I know, know, and it's weird. And I do have a, the the only thing my mother's ever wanted me to be is a stand-up comic, which makes me think she believes in extremely late-term abortion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not a long life. I love Um, it. Yeah, I've got too many mates that are stand-up comics. They work so oh, hard, and I, I don't know. really want to work that hard. So go to be a writer because they don't work at all. No, that's a complaint.
0: and you can right. sit at home doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I have I've been writing comedies uh, for this production company that we're hoping that somebody somewhere will like it. This production company itself is uh, a, a rather large one. They have a couple of Oscars and stuff, and um, the. The area in which I'm doing, they've never done before because they're obviously, you know, drama type people and I'm doing uh, kind of uh, between comedy type things. That's that so cool. It's a different niche and I'm really, really enjoying that I get to put down funny lines and learn how to structure a script, which, mm. you know, I have nowhere near mastered and every day is a learning experience because you try, you try your hardest to write every day yeah. um, and try your hardest to learn something every day. So that's, that's my avenue at the moment uh, that I'm pursuing the most is writing and writing comedies that um, hopefully one day I will be able to do that full-time mm. as uh, a proper living that, that I can just go, oh, you know what I'd like to write? And a production company go, yes, go do it. Here's a bunch of money. And I go, <laughs> oh, okay, I'll get you something in the next 90 days. Two years later, I deliver the script.
0: <laughs> it's funny, you know, when you, when you think about Home in a Way, it's got such a reputation of a great uh, learning ground for
1: young oh, people. Oh, can I just say, when sure. I went on my walk today, as I was on my walk today, um, I was walking along Sunset and Netflix has all these billboards on Sunset right near my house. Yeah, And it in a row, I took a picture of it. I, did, I want to put it up on Instagram because I'm really proud of especially one part of it. There's a picture of this new television show, the new television show that Ryan Murphy has done, Hollywood. Starring Samara Weaving, and right behind that is a picture of Chris Chris Hemsworth's new film that's on Netflix. And I just looked at that and went, "What's up, Home and Away?" That's amazing. Two billboards, two different billboards in a row on Sunset. That is absolute genius for me. It's incredible to think. And also, two people that have never dissed Home and Away. In fact, constantly complimented. I've when people tend to say things about home and away in a disparaging way, I don't understand it at all because it's the greatest experience if you allow it to be and don't expect more from it than what you get. It doesn't lie about what it is, nor does it ever try to hurt you. It just does what it does. It's done the same thing for, what is it, nearly 30 years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when people come out of it and especially people... Samara is just one of the best human beings in the world. Um, Chris, who I've known before all of this blew up, Um, I knew the last time I saw him actually was just before he got Thor, when I saw him at Whole Foods on Fairfax and we chatted in the (laughs) car park for a bit. Um, But those two people that I know for a fact, because you hear Chris talk about Home and Away in the highest regard and Samara and I talk about home and away and our experience there all the time. Um, seeing those two people in billboards side by side on sunset, I go, this is, this is just a very cool moment for me right now. It is.
0: Cause as, as I was saying, uh, it's just such a, a great learning ground for people. And obviously that's rubbed off on you because not only are you still acting, but now directing writing it's, it really does bring the best out in people.
1: And there's writers that I've known from home and away that um, I still keep in very good contact with, one of which is Sarah Walker, who's created incredible Australian shows um, over there. Uh, She has read my scripts and given me feedback and constantly is on my side. She came and saw the play that I directed and she's so supportive and supportive of every avenue in which I want to take she would prefer it if I was an actor. I get that a lot from people <laughs> that I've worked with. I'd prefer it if you were an actor because um, they grew up with me being an actor and they tend to want to have me back in their things, mm. which is an absolutely lovely comment. Um, but I, I, I've got uh, people over here that don't know me as an actor who are going, oh my God, you never should do anything but write. And then I've got another little group of people going, you should never do anything but direct. So. I am learning, and by the way, no, by no means am I masters of this craft yet. <laughs> Nowhere near it. Well, we're it's gonna always another,
0: learning. <laughs>
1: yeah, going to take me another 40 years to be even able to say, oh, yeah, I can kind of do that now. Yeah, So yeah.
0: what is the one thing, apart from family, what is the one thing you miss about Australia?
1: Um, obviously the food. There, it's a, the nostalgia of food bring back, uh, brings back memories. The nostalgia of um, Herbert Adams' party pies. Yeah. Um, they it, it 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 sounds like a throwaway comment, but it's not. Um, food is a thing that we all share, and sitting down with Trevor Ashley at, at, at a tiny little cafe in Surrey Hills eating. With bacon and eggs, and just having a brilliant chat, going and getting a pie with my best friends in Newtown, and walking along the streets eating the pie, going, is "This is the most pie I've ever had." Um, being at uh, being at home on Christmas Day, and my father getting this ham that is just uh, mouth watering, and making ham sandwiches the next day, hungover on Boxing Day <laughs> with that same ham. It's it's really. It's really the food that, um, it's almost like, no, it's the opposite. It's not the opposite. It's part of it. It's an old factory, um, relationship that I have because the these food items take me to specific moments in my world over there. So that when I think about the last time I was home, I planned out every single meal every day because I wanted to experience things that reminded me of times Mm, mm. so i i would have to save the food
0: no i agree i agree we are very very blessed over here i mean i've traveled a lot of the world and i've never found a place where i was absolutely satisfied with the food all of the time where i'm here i can always be satisfied and find something that i would love absolutely yeah well, honey, I should let you go. Thank you so much for the chat. I truly appreciate it.
1: Well, I and love we, you, Madly.
0: And we will talk very soon, even after yes. this podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Time to laughs> get thanks another again, cocktail.
0: darling. I appreciate it.
1: All right, no problems. Love you.
0: Love you. Ants talk.
1: It's like Oprah, but not.